0: Hello and welcome back to yet another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. I know I've been away for like, I want to say three weeks, maybe even longer at this point, but I am back to finish off the Bigfoot Podcast. I know I promised you two parts, I said I was about halfway through, that's about true, maybe three quarters of the way through the script, but I just want to make sure you know that I'm still alive, I'm still here, and slightly disappointed that nobody took me up on my contest, which is still open, so... I'll just recap that. If you follow me on Instagram, send me a message and say, "Hey, I'd like one of your books." I'll send you one of my books. That's simple, plain, easy. Nothing to do it. Just you know, send me your address, and you'll get one of my books, uh, either Lizzie or Necromancy and other mystical things. The choice is yours. That's the first six people. First six people who do that. It's still open. I will post on Twitter or Instagram when I do run out. When that contest is over. But until then, it is still up and going. So if you're interested, again, let me know. Of course, thank you again for listening. I can't thank you enough for doing that. It means the world to me every time I see that little download bar Take one more. Also, you can uh, find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash horror shots. If you'd like to donate, or pledge, whatever they call it, and we will have some content up there as well for patron-only people, Um, but I don't have any patrons right now so there's no point in really adding anything until I get some you know, momentum going on that one there, but until then it is still available, you can still pledge, and every little bit helps. I am working on another project. It's a photo book, as you may know that uh, I am a photographer as well in my spare time, which is very few and far between these days. But yes, if you uh, are interested in that, I will give you updates as well on the progress of that. It's more going to be like a story book with pictures, not like a kid's book. All the uh, horror-oriented sort of oriented, uh, pictures that I've taken in the past will be formed into several stories, like an anthology. And I'm looking forward to it. I've started it. I've finished chapter one. It looks pretty cool so far, but I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but I digress. There are other mediums that you can follow me on, such as Twitter at Horror Shots Pod and my website at horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com. I don't update that all too often, but there's some pictures on there, like a little mini portfolio that generally aren't really acceptable on Instagram, a little bit of nudity, all that sort of fun stuff. But today, podcast isn't about me or that sort of stuff in general. It is about Bigfoot. And last time we ended on possible... Reasons as to what Bigfoot actually is, extinct hominids, for example. But today we're going to look at some more scientific views and we'll go from there. How does that sound? So let's get into it. The evidence that does exist supporting the survival of such a large prehistoric ape-like creature has been attributed to hoaxes or delusions rather than the sightings of a genuine creature. In 1996, USA Today article, Washington State Zoologist, John Crane said, There is no such thing as Bigfoot. No data other than material that's clearly been fabricated has ever been presented. In addition, scientists cite the fact that Bigfoot is alleged to live in regions unusual for large non-human primates, i.e. temperate latitudes in the Northern Hemisphere, and all recognized apes are found in the tropics of Africa and Asia. Mainstream scientists do not consider the subject of Bigfoot an area of credible science either, and there have been a limited number of formal scientific studies on Bigfoot. Evidence such as the 1967 Patterson-Gimlin film has provided no supportive data of any scientific value. Which is a shame. Everybody knows that film. Everybody knows. It looks like a giant ape walking across a river. Everybody knows it. But continuing on... As with other similar beings, climate and food supply issues would make such a creature survival in reported habitats unlikely. Great apes have not been found in the fossil records in the Americas, and no Bigfoot remains have ever been found. Philip Stevens, a cultural anthropologist at the University of Buffalo, summarized the scientific consensus as follows. It defies all logic that there is a population of these things sufficient to keep them going. What it takes to maintain any species, especially a long-lived species, is you got to have breeding in the population. That requires a substantial number spread out over a fairly wide area where they can find sufficient food and shelter to keep hidden from all of the investigators. I want to touch on that. I believe I mentioned something about that in the last podcast where maybe it takes them a long time to hit that sexual sort of maturity where you can give birth. Maybe it's not as simple as you know, most animals in nature where after a year or so they can reproduce. Maybe they're closer to humans, where it takes 15 to 20 years before you're able to bear children. It's just a theory. And maybe childbirth kills the mother, leaving a very narrow population of suitable mates, I guess would be the appropriate term. It's just a theory, Uh, of course. I mean, I'm not a scientist, anthropologist, biologist. Nothing, nothing like that has ever crossed my educational background. So obviously, what I say and think doesn't really matter in the long run. It's just one of those crazy sort of conspiracy theories, I suppose. Back to the cast, though. Enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's go back to the script. In the 1970s, when Bigfoot experts were frequently given high-profile media coverage, MacLeod writes that the scientific community generally avoided lending credence to the theories by debating them. In other words, the scientific community ignored any sort of Bigfoot claims that may have come across their desks. We've talked about researching, and we've talked about Bigfoot himself, but what about the people involved in the research? The scientists, or pseudoscientists as some may call them, that are actually involved. So let's look at some of the researchers. Ivan T. Sanderson and Bernard Hoovelmans have spent part of their careers searching for Bigfoot. Later scientists who research the topic include Carlton S. Kuhn, George Allen Agagino, and William Charles Osmond Hill, although they came to no definite conclusion and later drifted from this research. Anthropologist Jeffrey Meldrum has said that the fossil remains of an ancient giant ape called, my favorite word, giantopithecus, could turn out to be ancestors of today's commonly known Bigfoot. John Napier asserts that the scientific community's attitude towards Bigfoot Seems to stem primarily from insufficient evidence. Other scientists who have shown varying degrees of interest in the creature are David Dagling, George Schaller, Russell Mittermeier, Darris Swindler, Esteban Sarmiento, and Carlton S. Kuhn, who was previously mentioned. There have been, though, some formal studies in the field. The first scientific study of available evidence was conducted by John Napier and published his book Bigfoot. The Yeti and Sasquatch in Myth and Reality, in 1973. Napier wrote that if a conclusion is to be reached based on scant extant hard evidence, science must declare Bigfoot does not exist. However, he found it difficult to entirely reject thousands of alleged tracks scattered over 125,000 square miles or to dismiss all the many hundreds of eyewitness accounts. Napier concluded, quote, I'm convinced that Sasquatch exists. But whether it is all cracked up to be is another matter altogether. There must be something in the Northwest Americas that needs explaining, and that something leaves man-like footprints. Brings a valid point to the table. In 1974, the National Wildlife Federation funded a field study seeking Bigfoot evidence. No formal Federation members were involved, and the study made no notable discoveries. Beginning in the late 1970s, physical anthropologist Grover Krantz published several articles and four book-length treatments of Sasquatch. However, his work was found to contain multiple scientific failings, including falling for hoaxes, which I guess is a no-no when you're looking for a mythological creature. A study published in the Journal of Biogeography in 2009 by J.D. Lozier et al., used ecological niche modeling on reported sightings of Bigfoot, using their locations to infer Bigfoot's preferred ecological parameters. They found a very close match with the ecological parameters of the American black bear. They also note that an upright bear looks much like Bigfoot's purported appearance and consider it highly improbable that the two species should have very similar ecological preferences concluding that Bigfoot sightings are likely sightings of black bears. In the first systemic genetic analysis of 30 hair samples that were suspected to be from Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, Almasti, and other anomalous primates, only one was found to be of primate in origin, and that was identified as human. A joint study by the University of Oxford and Lausanne's Cantonal Museum of Zoology, and published in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B in 2014, the team used a previously published cleaning method to remove all surface contaminations from the DNA. 12S fragment of the sample was sequenced and then compared to the gene bank to identify the species' origin. You can tell I'm not a scientist because it took me a lot longer to read that than it really, really should have. The samples submitted were from different parts of the world, including the United States, Russia, the Himalayas, and Sumatra. Other than one sample of human origin, all but two are from common animals. Black and brown bear accounted for most of the samples. Other animals included cow, horse, dog, wolf, coyote, sheep, goat, raccoon, porcupine, deer, and tapir. The last two samples were thought to match a fossilized genetic sample of a 40,000-year-old polar bear of the Pleistocene epoch. However, a later study disputes this finding. In the second paper, tests identify the hairs as being from a rare type of brown bear. More Bigfoot Claims After what the Huffington Post described as a five-year study of purported Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, DNA samples, but prior to peer review of the work on November 24, 2012, DNA Diagnostics, a veterinary laboratory headed by veterinarian, Melba Ketchum issued a press release claiming that they had found proof that Sasquatch is a human relative that arose approximately 15,000 years ago as a hybrid cross of modern Homo sapiens with an unknown primate species. Ketchum called for this to be recognized officially, saying that government at all levels must recognize them as an indigenous people and immediately protect their human and constitutional rights, against those who would see their physical and cultural differences as a license to hunt, trap, or kill them. Failing to find a scientific journal that would publish the results, Ketchum announced on February 13, 2013, that the research had been published by the De Novo Journal of Science. The Huffington Post discovered that the journal's domain had been registered anonymously only nine days before the announcement. This was the only edition of De Novo that was listed as Volume 1, Issue 1, with its only content being the Ketchum paper. Shortly after publication, the paper was analyzed and outlined by Sharon Hill of Doubtful News for the Committee of Skeptical Inquiry. Hill reported on the questionable journal, mismanaged DNA testing, and poor quality paper, stating that, quote, "...the few experienced geneticists who have viewed the paper reported a dismissal opinion of it, noting it made little sense." The Scientist magazine also analyzed the paper, reporting that geneticists who have seen the paper are not impressed. Quote, To settle the obvious, no data or analysis are presented that in any way support the claim that their samples came from a new primate or human-primate hybrid. Leonard Kruglak of Princeton University told the Houston Chronicle, Quote, instead, analysis either come back as 100% human or fail in ways that suggest technical artifacts. The website for the DeNovo Journal of Science was set up on February 4th, and there's no indication that Ketchum's work, the only study it published, was ever peer-reviewed. Now, that does bring us to the end of part two of Bigfoot. Now, I would like to hear what you think on this, because Bigfoot is one of those topics where everybody has their own opinion. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter with a tweet or send me a message or comment on something on Instagram or whatever and discuss this because I think that Bigfoot might possibly exist. I'm somewhat skeptical because, like most people, I think maybe would have spotted them by now with all the satellite imaging and technology advancements in tracking and finding people in GPSs and all sorts of fun stuff like that, I think time is running out to actually put a definitive answer on whether Bigfoot exists or not. I am still slightly a believer, like I said, but the skepticism is starting to rise, and as much as I want this to be true, I'm not sure it is. Maybe they did once exist, maybe even as recently as 40 to 50 years ago, and maybe they've died off since then. Maybe what we've seen is the last remnants of an extinct species, or a very, very endangered species as sad as that happens to be. Maybe they are an advanced primate, just like humans, and maybe they bury their dead, maybe they burn their dead, maybe they eat their dead, maybe they do something in general that just negates any sort of physical evidence, like fossilization, or skeletons, or meat, or hairs, or flesh, or whatever. Maybe they dispose of it, not for fear of being found out, but that's just what their culture dictates. Who knows? It's all just speculation. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this two-part episode. I know this one's a little bit shorter than the first, but hopefully you got the information you were looking for and you got your little fill of the Horror Shots podcast. Hopefully I will be back before too long. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I haven't thought that far ahead, to be completely honest. A little bit behind-the-scenes action there. I don't know what's going to happen next week or the week after. i got to look at my schedule. i got to see if I'm motivated, because if I'm not, then I'm not going to be in the mood and you're not going to get high-quality entertainment, which is what this is all about. But until next time, keep your eye on the tree line and take a snapshot of anything you might see that looks a little bit fishy. You never know. Maybe you'll get the first actual footage of Bigfoot. Until next time.